Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. This week, we are diving into Batman Hush. It's a 12-volume graphic novel series, so check that out. All right, hit that music. All right, Liz, welcome back to week three of Bat Month. Bat Month. Na 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 Bat Month. It's just going to be a thing. <laughs> it, it, I, it needs to be a thing because, you know, otherwise you really will not know it's Bat Month. It's true. For Bat Month, it was actually for my birthday, but I'm going to say it's for Bat Month. My husband got me the uh, Converse DC Rebirth Batman shoes. Ooh. Yeah, they're nice. awesome. I had the Superman ones, and the Superman ones I ran across at like a Converse outlet store, so I was very excited, but they didn't have any Batman. Batman's cool. The toe is black and not white. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so. it's the Dark Knight, not the White Knight, so. Exactly. Although he is the whitest dude. Well, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's a round number, yes? Yes, it is a round number. My whole family mm. flew into town to surprise me. I saw that. It's so exciting. I thought I was going to one of my work things. I went there with uh, lots of dollars to feed the bartender tips because it's usually open bar, but you got to give him a tip, right? So, right. I, so I had a thing full of dollars so I could deal with his coworkers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went there and like, holy crap, my whole family is here. And my family is like divorced and then divorced again. So like I have four parents that are have their own significant others now. And yep. so I thought it'd be really awkward, but it wasn't. That's good. You know. Uh, it's nice when they can all be grown-ups and sit in the same room and do the thing, you know? Yep. It was super fun. Super fun. I'm still recovering. Yeah. Well, that's a lot when you're not expecting it. Yes. And all of a sudden, I had, you know, 10 out-of-town guests. Right. All right. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Batman Hush. Yes. This is our first time to cover a comic book, actually. Yeah. Pretty easy, though. It's all assembled in a volume. And I, I think I got it for free on Kindle. I don't know. I think we paid four ninety nine for it on Comixology. Yeah. But that's not bad, considering it was about 300 pages. So. Oh, I know. It was great. That's why I like these. You can go back and read a full comic run instead of waiting every single month for the next. Yeah, that that could, I mean, other than just being a kid and like having no money and no, you know, transportation to get into comic books and be able to do that on like a weekly basis. I think that's part of what keeps me away. I think I've moved into the Netflix mind, you know, mentality of I just want to watch the whole thing at once. I don't want to wait and watch it once a week. And yeah. yeah. You know, comic books, though, they like end in weird places because they want to draw you in to the next one. And that kind of irritates me. Right, exactly. All right. So the the one we covered was Batman Hush. And it came out in 2002. It's a 12-book arc. So the official name was Batman Hush. Very exciting. So Jeff Mm -hmm. Loeb was the writer and the illustrator was Jim Lee. And I particularly like Jim Lee's illustrations. Yeah, they were really cool. Yeah, they're very, very pretty. Now... That being said, he needs to come back and listen to some of our comments about the positions in which women are normally in, in order to do things. Because at no time do boobs and butt face forward at the same time. No, and face. Don't forget face. You got to get that in there, too. Boobs, butt, face. It's very difficult to get them all facing forward and still be fighting crime. We don't all have circle boobs, so. You can blame part of it on the armor that themselves it's wearing. (laughs) Because you can mm-hmm. just kind of like stitch it so like everything just like sits in there. Well, that's true. 
but we've all talked about how effective that kind of armor actually is. So Well, no, it's not because it would just get in the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. I hate to tell you this, man, but the easiest thing to do would be just to press them down. Yeah, and then it would actually be an extra layer of protection against your vital organs that are in there. So, but, yep. you know, what do we know? We're only women. We've gone jogging. And you need to strap them down. <laughs> Definitely. But there is something about his illustration style that is beautiful. Now, it is hard to cover comic books because everybody has their favorite version, their favorite writer, and their favorite artist. And so you'll find people that will shit all over this one and people that will shit on all over other ones. That's fine. I really liked this one, and so I, I wanted to cover it, mm-hmm. which, which is why we're here covering it. Now, we're doing spoilers, right? We're going to have to, because there are comments that need to be made that are spoilerific. Yep. So let's go ahead and just get started. Yeah. All right. So this is really my first comic to read in a while. Um, I think, you know, I've read a couple of Star Wars ones, and I've read a Captain Marvel here or there, but this is the first one I've read in probably a year, maybe more, because um, again, it's just not my normal thing. I saw a meme right about the time I was reading this, and it was one of those distracted boyfriend kind of memes, mm-hmm. but what it was like, he's staring at subtitles, and the other is like pictures, and I'm like, yes, that's, that's I think that's part of the problem I have with comic books, is that I, I'm so focused on the reading part that I, I lose some of the artwork in the... In, Paul's like, well, you just have to like stop and look. I'm like, I don't know. My brain doesn't read like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's much more focused on the the words. And then you miss some of the, the thwaps and other little random things that are hiding inside the artwork. Yeah, I find myself looking at the words a lot more, too. In this one, there was a lot of inner monologue, which is kind of written a little differently and into the side. I kept forgetting, like going back, like, oh, I got to read that. <laughs> it was really weird because in the very beginning, it had like an intro page. And it almost sounded like the story was going to be told from Alfred, which I was like, wow, that's a really cool take. And then I start reading it and I was like, no, no, that's still just Batman. (laughs) Yeah, it's not Alfred. I thought that it could be another person. Yeah, it was it was weird that it almost set it up like it was going to be someone other than Batman. And then it wasn't. So I was like, oh, no, not Batman. Yeah. So the very first part is called The Ransom. It's not a slow build up because Mm -hmm. immediately Batman is fighting Killer Croc, who has kidnapped a little boy. Yep. For ransom, which as they're fighting and you're watching them fight, 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 Batman keeps saying, this really doesn't seem like a Killer Croc plan. He doesn't right. do this. You know? He doesn't plan. That's yeah. Killer Croc, you know? Yeah. So they're fighting, they're fighting. He kind of uh, thwarts the plan and uh, Killer Croc gets arrested. And then the ransom, though, that was about to be paid got stolen. Mm-hmm. All signs pointed to Catwoman. And he's like, yeah, but Catwoman said she went clean. Well, you know, people say that. Right. I, I think he was following Catwoman with the ransom and mm-hmm. he was swinging on a rope or whatever it is, the bat rope. What do they call that? Yeah, this was like a, it was like a zip line. And all of a sudden it just is cut somehow and, and Batman actually just falls straight down, uh, mm-hmm. injured himself. Yeah, like we're talking like heavy head injury. It was pretty drastic. He was unconscious mm-hmm. at the time that we saw him at the end of this comic. And of course they're, they're in like gang territory. I mean, most of Gotham is but so of course he falls like right in the middle of this bunch of gang who are just going to want to kill him yes handy mm-hmm. <laughs> actually though like you said it's gotham i don't think you can right. throw a rock without running into a, a mob of gang members it's true but then it just switches to the point of view with catwoman 
and Catwoman has the ransom and she she's taking it to Poison Ivy. It's apparent that Poison Ivy has Catwoman under a spell of some sort. You know, that's what she does. She uses plant-based spell finding mm. things to make people do whatever she wants. I thought it was just men, but she got Catwoman. Yeah, and it seemed like Catwoman kind of came out of it, and maybe this is eventually a little bit later, but she's really unhappy about whatever happened while she was under the influence, like romantically. Yes. So, short story, Poison Ivy, roofied Catwoman, not cool. Yeah, no, no bueno. But we don't see that and we can automatically assume that that was probably what's going on with Killer Croc as well. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne and Batman do not know about this because they're currently unconscious. Right. So part two, I believe, is called The Friend. And it came out in, I think, January 2003. Batman apparently has a little, hey, signal Oracle thing on his belt. And he pushed the button. Mm-hmm. And then he was completely unresponsive. So Oracle, I'm glad that Oracle was in this story, by the way. Yeah, me too. Sends out a signal to any nearby vigilantes to come and save Batman. Yep. So... That was exciting, though, because all of a sudden, guess who appears? The Huntress was around. So she just comes in on her bike. She was on a yep. bike, right? Yeah, she was. Good. <laughs> she comes in and kicks the ass of all these like gang members that were trying to both unmask and kill Batman. Because while well, you have him here. Reasons, right? She saves him and she's pissed off the whole time she's saving him. She's like, Jesus Christ. I, all I wanted was leisurely stroll through Gotham and now I have to save Batman. Mm-hmm. Get in this big old fight. I don't care. So... <laughs> So then Oracle says, hey, just put his uh, unconscious body in the Batmobile. So she puts it in the Batmobile and the Batmobile just drives away. I guess she's like, all right, we're good now. (laughs) Got this. Yeah. So we have Batman unconscious. Alfred's trying to heal him. What the hell are Alfred's credentials? I don't know. He's like hacker, seamstress, seamstress to the stars. (laughs) Medical official. Yes. He's the one that figured out he needed some surgery and was like, oh, well, shit, I think I'm out. Right. Yeah. I don't think I'm qualified. At least he was self-aware enough to know that you can't perform brain surgery on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But I think there was also like nobody in Gotham is going to be able to fix his head this way. Like, what are we going to do? Because, oh, they may also put two and two together that Bruce Wayne is freaking Batman. Yes. So Alfred, who's a genius, tells Nightwing to wreck one of Bruce's cars. Mm -hmm. So they could be like, oh, no, you know, he wasn't a genius. He's just either a drunk driver or a really not cautious one. Right. Yeah. Millionaire, playboy, drunkard, whatever. Whatever you want. You can just fill in the gaps here. Just make the assumption he wrecked the car. It's got a very like Oliver Queen kind of vibe to it. You know, the party boy. Let's just do all the stupid things. Well, they're all in the same universe, I guess. I don't know. Huntress. Technically. But yeah. So uh, while Alfred has got Bruce laid out on a table in the Batcave, he starts hearing like a tapping. Tap, 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 tap. And it turns out Bruce, who even though he's like in a coma or whatever, is tapping out Morse code for him. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, when they're talking about trying to find the right surgeon... And he mentions, what's his name? Thomas? Thomas Elliot. Thomas Elliot. So, yeah, yeah he's Morse coding Thomas Elliot because he needs brain surgery, but he's conscious enough to remember Morse code and, As you do. and the name of his friend that also happens to be a neurosurgeon. Handy. Mm-hmm. Handy. Very, very handy. You know, you're pretty lucid if you can do that. Probably just as lucid as being able to say, call Tommy. <laughs> Well, and Tommy also lives in Philly, so wherever Philly is and wherever Gotham are, you know, I guess they're close enough that he can get there before Bruce Wayne hemorrhages to death. I don't know. His, like, <laughs> timing on all of this is just kind of... Hmm. Well, I think I would be suspect. It's like, so how long ago did you get in the accident? And when mm-hmm. is it now? Exactly. Maybe, maybe if you need brain surgery, you go to the hospital a little bit earlier. 
Yeah, not like, eh, I took a couple hour detour over here to see if my butler could stitch me up. <laughs> I wanted to check if my butler could fix me first. <laughs> Sorry for the delay. Well, you know, that's how it is. I wait for my butler before any major medical decision. He knows his way around a needle and thread, so he's my first guy when it comes to injuries. He can stitch me a boob cup into my head as it goes. Jeez. You should see what he does with bat nipples. It's really great with external thongs. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Nightwing wrecks a car. So then Thomas doesn't think anything's weird. And he performs the brain surgery on Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne survives. Yay. All right. So part three is called The Beast. And it just picks up, obviously, right where the surgery left off. I'm sure Bruce Wayne left the hospital outside of doctor's advice because that's what he Yeah, it was like 0.1 days later after major brain surgery. He's yeah. just out and about. Nothing's wrong with his hair either. There's nothing wrapped around his head. He's just he's good. fine. They had to like rearrange bone in his skull and he's fine. Like they didn't even need to shave his hair. Yeah, no, that's just, it's fine. We just did a little chiropractic brain surgery. It's fine. <laughs> so Croc's in prison from the first comic book. And so Batman goes to Arkham to chat with him. Now, this it, next part, it seemed like Batman did this on purpose, is that he allowed Killer Croc to escape so he could find out where Killer Croc was going to go to follow right. some clues. Release the beast. Yeah. yeah. So he helped him escape somehow. I don't think he helped him escape. He just feebly didn't stop him from escaping and right. made sure that it was available to him. Well, he does have a hole in his cranium. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Killer Croc escapes. Batman's following him. Then Tommy comes over to the house while Batman's out looking for Killer Croc, trying to solve some mysteries here. And mm-hmm. Alfred's like, sorry. It's not available. He's out banging somebody. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, Alfred. Tell him something that's believable. Tell him I'm banging somebody. Yep. That's <laughs> pretty much what happened. He's like, eh, you know him. He likes his extracurricular activities. Yep. You know, the other guy's like, this guy is a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> seriously had to rush over here and do emergency brain surgery. And three days later, not even three days, like a day later, he is out and about catting around yeah he can't even visit me right so so i have to come save his life and then he disappears so then the next portion of the comic was a flashback where we flash back to bruce and tommy's childhood and tommy was spending a lot of time with them at the wayne manor because tommy's parents had just been in a car accident and actually lost his father so he was a little angry with the world does this just keep happening in gotham mm-hmm. just rich pretty people much just keep dying yeah he was he was playing chess they were playing chess together and tommy kept telling him like i've already won because i can anticipate your moves before you make them and he just he just keeps reiterating that that like there's no way you can beat me because I've already thought three steps ahead, and that's what you have to do if you want to succeed. So, you know, Batman, being the great detective that he is, keeps thinking, how how do I think further ahead than my opponent? Yeah. Because this is what Tommy taught me when we played chess together that one time. Well, and it's been very helpful, though. Thank you, Tommy, for making him the world's greatest detective. (laughs) But what Batman actually does see is when we get back to real time, Killer Croc has gone back to Poison Ivy's house and looking to find out who stole the ransom. And he figures out that it's uh, Catwoman. Mm -hmm. But she shows up right about that time, too. Yeah, Catwoman does as well. Yes. Yeah, now she's she's not under the spell anymore, and she's pissed. Yes. Really not happy. Exactly. So what Croc ends up telling Batman, because Batman comes in and tries to spoil this and said, you're being manipulated by Poison Ivy. And he's like, I'm not being manipulated by Poison Ivy. I need the money to fix 
this. And he's like, his deformity that makes mm-hmm. him killer croc. But I was like, you know what? You, even if you don't have the deformity, you got to work on your anger issues, dude. Right. <laughs> you got some, got some rage. Killer Croc gets caught and arrested before he can ask any more questions about that because he assumed that it was poison ivy, just like Catwoman. Mm-hmm. So that kind of dies down. Then later, Catwoman talks to Batman. You know, I don't know what they were doing, like just hanging out at the local superhero watering cooler. I think they were hanging out on a rooftop somewhere, as you yes. do. It's like, oh, I need to talk to Batman. Let me just hop on top of this building here. He'll mm-hmm. be here in a sec. Sure, sure. I don't know. Don't you think that his uh, balance would have been off just a little bit? I having know. brain surgery the day before? So Catwoman and uh, Batman talk to each other, and she's that's when she talks about being pissed off. That poison Ivy. <laughs> I forgot her last name. <laughs> All right, so she's pissed off, and she finds she knows that Poison Ivy has gone to Metropolis, which apparently is just across the bay, according to mm-hmm. a lot of sources, yep. which is much further away from Smallville, but within driving distance. Right, exactly. Yes, I, I think I've got my D.C. cities down. Yeah, I'm not sure how large the United States is, because Smallville is still in Kansas. Yes. And if they're, they're three minutes away from Philadelphia, that's bad geography. It is. <laughs> Maybe Kansas is really like in, in Virginia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's Kansas, Virginia, with a county called Smallville. There Small, you go. Smallville, Kansas, Virginia. <laughs> All right. So as they're chatting about solitude and stuff, you know, brooding men thing. And Catwoman thanks Batman for saving her. Yeah. He's like, I thought you went straight, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I did. They fucking drugged me, blah, blah, blah. And she's upset. He's upset. But they're still kind of eyeing each other. Well, they kiss. Mm-hmm. So not Croc and Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be entertaining. Batman and Catwoman. First time you'll ever see a bat and a cat kiss, because that's weird. Well, he goes on and on about how he knows that she's Selena Kyle, but she doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne. So he seems to know like the the alter egos of all of these people that actually have them, which is pretty much just her at this point. World's greatest detective. <laughs> is he? <laughs> I don't so, so yeah, they have their conversation on the roof and then he's going to follow them to Metropolis. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the next part, which is part four, the city. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is actually, guess who's a special guest here? Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Superman's here because they went to Metropolis to go after Poison Ivy. Yeah. And he should, the first place he goes is the Daily Planet because I guess in this world, Bruce Wayne owns it. Does that mean that he controls Superman's salary? Because Probably. he can't possibly live on a journalist's salary, even though he's Superman. Mm, yeah, probably not. I mean, but, you know, he could literally just go places and mine diamonds in 10 seconds if he were so inclined to do so. If you were Superman, you could really source out your extra hours because you're going to have a lot of extra time in the day than normal people. And you really could earn a lot of side cash. I would think. Yeah, got to get your side hustle on. Mm-hmm. How much sleep does Superman need? None? I think he still sleeps. He probably sleeps just because boredom, but I don't know how much he needs. You know what, though? I, I don't recall ever seeing him sleep. Can you guys get on that and let us know when you see Superman sleep? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him sleep either. Yeah. So Batman gets called away by Catwoman because she's like, I am on the tail of Poison Ivy. So she finds out where Poison Ivy is. Batman goes after it. And guess who's there? Superman's there. Yeah. But he's not well. <laughs> yes. Under the control of Poison Ivy. Lois would be pissed. So mad because they're like making out and shit. Yeah. They're like entangled and floating. Yeah. Oof. That's Superman's move there. Right there. All right. The next segment is called The Battle. This is part five. And 
we have a special supporting character. Crypto's in this one. Yay! Yay! I love super dogs. Mm-hmm. All right. So Batman has a kryptonite ring in his utility belt. Him and Catwoman escape to the sewers and they figure out a plan to take down Superman. But of course, it's Superman. So he's like three seconds on their tail. Exactly. He just smashes right through the wall. They just start fighting, beating the shit out of each other. And Batman, his inner monologue's going, right? Like he could kill me instantly and he's not. So there's something in his subconscious that recognizes this is out of his control. Yeah. Yeah, they battled through the sewer and then he gets away from him for like half a second and that's when he gets the the kryptonite superman's under the influence so then he comes up with the plan that is a pretty devastating plan and it's that he feels that the subconscious urge of Su- by, uh, superman will snap him out of this trance and mm-hmm. to make this happen catwoman throws lois lane off a building as you do well he yeah he tells her he's like go grab Somebody, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's like Lois Lane or Jimmy Olsen, but that was her, her pick was between the two of them. And she ended up picking Lois and throwing her off the building. Not that she knows who he, who she is or that he's in love with her. It just seemed like a good, good intuition or something. And of course he snaps out of it and goes and saves Lois. They tried to make it sound, not sound like the worst plan in the world going like, yeah, Catwoman could have grabbed her at the very last minute, but right, we thought it'd be fine. Like, yeah, you're just kind of wanted to say we hope that this doesn't kill her (laughs) chances are better than half i guess i don't know i snapped out of it so kind of a kind of a shitty sociopathic thing to do yeah so when superman figures that it out they chat with batman and he's like well thank you friend and then they reveal that the kryptonite ring was actually given to batman for instances such as this by superman Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah, so it wasn't him hoarding it. No, we know that we know that from other comics. Yeah, um, that he he'd given it to him as a kind of fail safe for if he were to go, something were to happen to him, and he would go kind of drunk with power or whatever. That somebody yes. would be able to take him down. Because yes. as it is, nobody can. Well, and where Crypto comes in is Poison Ivy tries to escape, and Crypto blocks the path. Good dog. Good dog. My dog has been tripping people for a long time. <laughs> yes, I've got three of them that love to do that. And if we could just throw a cape on him, it'd be the same thing. Yep. So what comes next? There was just one thing. You thought that this kind of resolved. Then they showed from very far away a man with bandages mm-hmm. overlooking the idea. And it turns out that's Hush. But that we're going to find that out in the next comic book. This is all being overseen by somebody completely else. Yeah, because he, he does keep thinking. He's like, you know, Poison Ivy is kind of a bitch, but this really isn't her MO either. Her motivation isn't money and power. Mm-mm. All right. So now that we have seen the ominous what we're assuming is Hush. Then part six comes in. It's the opera. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just rebooted after the Poison Ivy thing. Poison Ivy got caught. Bruce Wayne goes to Cotham City Opera and invites Tommy because maybe he was kind of a dick about, hey, come save my life and then I'm going to ignore you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry you came to town for nothing. Yeah. So he did he bring Selena as a date? I don't think no. he did. I think she came no. with somebody else. She came with somebody else. She came with one of the opera mavens or whatever, the people who have money for whatever reason. She, But she's in the box with them just yeah. because reasons. No, it, that was a, it was a weird combo. Maybe it got set up. Maybe it was just not important enough to the plot that I recall. Why she but he's there. also going through a lot of inner monologue about Selena, Catwoman, Batman, Bruce, about how 
maybe he could love her, maybe they could have a life together. Like all of this is already like in his head after they kissed on the rooftop, as you do. So she shows up and she's Selena and he knows that and he knows her as Selena. He also knows she's Catwoman, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, but she doesn't know the other way and... She- like most people, she thinks Bruce is kind of a dick. Well, yeah, everyone does. <laughs> Selena doesn't really like the really rich, even though she hangs out with them at the opera. So in the middle of the opera, you can't have an event like that without maybe the Joker or Holly, Harley Quinn being involved. And at this particular day, Harley Quinn is actually pretending to be the main opera lady and start mm-hmm. singing and wreaking havoc in Gotham City at an art event. It just has to happen. Of course. Every, absolutely. Yeah. This is when they show up. They show up in every movie in the big gala event of some sort. Yeah. Anything that's a fundraiser where they know there will be rich people in cash, that's where the bad guys hit. And they always seem surprised by this. <laughs> like They're shocked. <laughs> like, what? I mean, even if it only happened once a year. It still Mm -hmm. happens enough. It's a pattern. Yeah. I would probably avoid getting season tickets to the opera in Gotham. Anyway, this is another thing. They said that they're kind of acting out of character a little bit because there really wasn't a a big motivation to do this. It didn't make a lot of sense other than to create chaos, which is Harley's M.O., but uh, Joker actually ended up being there, too. Yeah, but he was like, this is weird. Harley's usually like this, but not on her own. You know, again, he's questioning everyone's motivations and how they could be so different. Well, I know that Harley tried to steal a pendant that Tommy had that was like his mother's. Yeah. And she got a hold of it and he went after. Yeah, he chases her outside and then someone shoots him and kills yes. him. And um, and so the, the Joker's standing there with a gun. Yeah, smoking gun, literally. Mm-hmm. Over, He's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Over the body of Tommy Elliott and Bruce Wayne is pissed because yep. that's his that's his close friend that he completely ignored when he came back to town to save his life. Mm-hmm. How dare he Regrets. get shot? Memories. So he's pissed and it actually kind of goes into this like monologue like I'm going to kill the Joker. It's I got to end this this type of thing. <laughs> And And he does. He starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. All right. So let's take a break and we can listen to some promos from some of our favorite comic book guys. And we will be right back in a minute. Hey, everybody. Brian here, host of the Bright Five podcast. And if you're looking for a podcast that reviews comic books, talks about nifty nerd news, and sometimes has interruptions from his wife or son, then look no further than the Bri5 Podcast. New episodes are updated every Monday, and if you want bonus content, you can sign up for Patreon for as little as $1 a month, where you get extra episodes, videos, and more behind the scenes of the Bri5 Podcast. So don't go another day without the Bri5 Podcast in your life. Head over to bri5podcast.podbean.com and enlist in the Bri Fighter Squadron today. Hey everybody, it's Walker for the Walker the Game Podcast. If you like reading comic books or just have an interest in getting started, check out the show. My opinions are 100% honest, even with the occasional attempt at humor. You can find me everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. My ugly mug even haunts YouTube. That's right, just search Walker the Geek or hit walkerthegeek.com. A place to geek like no one's watching. Because let's face it, nobody is. What? 
Okay, so when we come back to part seven, it appears that the Joker has killed Tommy Elliot, Bruce's childhood friend, and so Batman goes, for lack of a better term, bat shit nuts. But no, bat, and, and at this point, Batman is trying to convince himself of all the horrible things. You know, he shot Barbara Gordon, he did this, he's done that, he's done this. Why do I keep fighting him? I should just kill him. Yes. And Catwoman's there and sees this look in his eyes, and she's like, he's gonna kill him. Like, she recognizes it right away and she actually grabbed her whip and tried to restrain him a little bit yeah she's she's trying to pull him off it doesn't work so commissioner gordon actually appears fires two warning shots and says you need to stop a second and think this through before you make this decision and then even james gordon went holy crap he has made this decision (laughs) yeah there's a point in which the joker should die the Joker should have mm-hmm. died a while ago. Did he technically rape Barbara Gordon? I don't think they ever said it. Officially. I don't think they say it, but I think that's the that's the impression I was left with anyway. And obviously killing Jason Todd. All of these are victims of the Joker. I can see why he should die. What I actually have a tougher time is why Batman feels that he doesn't need to die when he's done all those types of things. Nobody in law enforcement knows who he is. He could kill them and they could say Batman did it and it's still okay because nobody knows who Batman is. Well, I think, you know, Jim Gordon, who, you know, obviously that's his daughter who had gotten shot and potentially raped by the Joker. So he's had, you know, a lot of his life destroyed because of this guy himself. But even he tells Batman, he's like, this is not the way. Like, we have to bring him to justice. And he's like, and if you do this, I will lead the hunt to bring you to justice. That's that's pretty much what stops him. But then we see the uh, the man in bandages is up on top of a building, kind of looking down on everything, looking down on this scene and, you know, Batman walking away with, with Jim Gordon. Yeah, and he's flipping a coin a lot like uh, Two-Face. Yeah, and he's like, oh, the Joker is innocent, flips the coin. He's like, get the joke. Yeah, he's not the Joker. And so that, yeah, so that's the end of that one. The, the mystery continues. Dum, dum, dum. So part eight is called The Dead. The The beginning of this is about Thomas Elliot and his funeral. Dick Grayson came to town. Very awesome. Mm-hmm. Bruce is back at the back, back cave later and is looking at all of the evidence. And he, do, he also confirms that the Joker was innocent and somebody went out of their way to make Batman think he was guilty. Right. So Nightwing just hops on by, which is cool because... Batman needed somebody to talk to right then. Right. Well, you need somebody who knows your knows your stuff. I like he's just hanging upside down in the Batcave, as you do. Um, Oracle radios Batman, tells him that there's the the Riddler hijacked something, and so then they go and try and nab him. So the Riddler flees, and then the Batman finds ash from a Lazarus pit pit near the wreckage of the armored car. Mm -hmm. How the hell he knew it was ash from the Lazarus pit? (laughs) No idea. I don't know if you're really familiar. With DC Comics, you'll know the Lazarus Pit. It's owned by the League of Assassins, and you can actually hang out in it and come back to life if you're dead, right? Yeah, Raj al Ghul is the head of the League of Assassins, and Talia al Ghul's father, blah, blah, blah. So when somebody refers to the Lazarus Pit, that's what they're talking about. Is that something that can make you come back to life? Yep. That was weird. And then all of a sudden, the man whose face was covered in bandages approaches Joker in Arkham and tells Joker he's his attorney. And he looks up and he's thinking that it's Two-Face, but the man removes all his bandages. He is Two-Face, but he has no scars on one side of his face anymore. Yeah, it's just Harvey. Well, which made sense with the coin flipping. Yeah, so you can't tell who is the person murdering everybody right now. Yeah, we don't know. You can't tell. It's still Mm -hmm. unknown. 
We know that somehow Lazarus Pitt's involved. It's likely what healed Harvey Dent. And at the end of this particular section is Batman meets Catwoman at the zoo mm-hmm. and says, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. And he takes his cowl off. Of course, he probably also took his cowl off, then took his uh, Johnson's cold cream, wiped out around <laughs> his eyes. Got the black off. Got the black off. Now do you know who I am? Well, I think that's something that I can't remember if it was Alfred or Dick Grayson. I think they've both said that to him. Basically, if you know, the thing that has ruined all of your previous relationships is that nobody knew who you were. Like yes. You didn't let them in. So if you're going to love her and know who she is, then you need to trust her enough to know who you are. Yeah. And it was it was Dick that talked to him about that. And I thought that was good coming from him because Dick is somebody that he brought into his confidence. Mm-hmm. So and understands that there is a duality of Bruce Wayne, Batman and Catwoman camp just being in the relationship with Batman. Right. So, so then they move on. The next book is called The Assassins. Harvey Dent actually sneaks into James Gordon's house and tells him, oh, hey, by the way, I need your help in solving some of these crimes that have happened lately. And by the way, the person that killed Tommy Elliot was using your old service pistol. Right. So it's in your best interest to help me. Yes. And then meantime, Batman's getting in a fight with Raj al Ghul with the sword mm-hmm. in Africa. Who looks like Wolverine in this. Have you noticed that? He's very grizzled. He's got some big mutton chops and sharp teeth looking things. So they get into a fight. Catwoman has got Talia. She's holding her wherever. The portion with the Al Ghouls, it was a lot of red herrings. Like they ended up not being part of the story at all. Then you're just like, and now we're going to Africa to get in a sword fight with Raj Al Ghul? Okay. <laughs> right. Now we get to part 10, which is the grave. So now we're in the cave. Robin shows up. Yeah, Robin gets all, like, moody and says, how dare you tell Catwoman your secret identity? And so then Catwoman and and Robin all get all up at each other. And he's like, you're not my mom. And she's like, I know. (laughs) You're not my real mom. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have a little fight. Then Catwoman leaves, gets in a fight with Huntress, because Huntress is now acting weird again. Yeah. Well, Huntress wasn't weird before. She was just pissed before. Now she's acting actually weird. Yeah. And I think, you know what I really liked about this whole comic was that you pretty much see everyone who is alive, who is either an ally or an enemy of Batman, shows up in this comic book. And that's what I liked about it, too. You got to see the entire gang of Gothamites. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that Huntress was acting different like the rest of them were acting with under Poison Ivy's control. It turned out that she was actually under a Scarecrow's fear toxin. Right. And then Batman shows up and Scarecrow does too. And so then they they fight in a cemetery Mm -hmm. because that's the coolest place to fight. Of course it is. Batman beats up the Scarecrow and says, why is everybody manipulating Gotham? Then a battering flies out of nowhere. So Scarecrow is being attacked as well. So Scarecrow's not the bad guy. No, he's he's under a control too. Yep. And so then there's a man whose face is covered in bandages. And it's not the same man with a face covered in bandages from before because God forbid there is a continuity to this. Right, exactly. It's like, so he's holding Robin hostage. And then when he takes the bandages off, he's Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. So Jason Todd, Robin, is holding Robin and Jason Todd, by the way, is dead. So that's weird. Yep. Well, you know, Lazarus Pit, he's thinking about, yeah. well, maybe, maybe he wins the Lazarus Pit. Maybe that's why he's alive now. Exactly. So then, then we get to the game and Jason Todd is emotionally manipulating Batman and they're fighting and Batman keeps going. He has not called me Bruce once. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, I never called him this and he never called me that. 
So he kind of starts figuring out that, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't actually Jason. To that of nowhere, Catwoman arrives, saves Robin, and she's like, hey, not so bad now, am I? With the boy wonder out of danger. <laughs> Batman eventually wins said fight, and Jason turns into a big pile of clay because he is not Jason Todd. He's Clayface. Clayface. Wah, wah. Then Batman goes to uh, Oracle, mm -hmm. and Oracle shows him a device that was found in the Batcave. It's like an electronic relay. It was used to learn some Batman secrets, which is where Clayface was able to figure out some of these answers. Batman figures out that the person that installed this electronic device was his technician, Harold. What's a good name? Mm -hmm. So it's a friend, Harold. So he goes and he talks to Harold, and Harold is about to tell him who made him do it, and he gets shot out of nowhere and dies. Yep, right in the head, too. Batman turns around, and the bandage man, Hush, is standing right before him. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so now we get to the final, Chapter 12, called The End. We're hoping to get some resolution to this problem. Because they called it the end. If they didn't call it the end, maybe I would just expect it to be another cliffhanger. Right. Well, he, uh, the Hush guy calls him Bruce while they're fighting because they're fighting back and forth. And he's like, he knows who I am. How does he know who I am? Who are you? He's like, think about it. Um, do you think it's a coincidence that we're here on the bridge on a rainy night, which is where Tommy Elliott's parents or her da his dad yeah. died? A car accident. Yeah. And so then he starts to put two and two together that Hush could possibly have something to do with Tommy Elliot. So at the end of this fight, Hush reveals himself to be Tommy. And Batman's like, but I saw him die. And he's like, did you see him die? Or did you see Clayface die? Right. Or maybe he didn't say that. Maybe Batman thought it. I don't remember. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> in there. The reason why Tommy Elliot is upset with Bruce Wayne, Tommy Elliot is mad that Thomas Wayne actually succeeded in saving his mother and Tommy Elliot tried to kill both of them and he sabotaged the car that got him in the accident. But he also like he just seemed to be holding against Bruce that Bruce told him everything's going to be OK and then it wasn't. Well, everything's going to be OK, except for that I tried to kill my mom and now she's alive. So it's not going to be OK then. Right. <laughs> so Jim Gordon and Harvey Dent appear. And Harvey Dent's a good guy, I guess, because now he's not Two-Face anymore. And mm -hmm. they shoot, Hush falls and lands mm -hmm. backwards in the bay. So we think he's dead. Sounds pretty definitive for normal people, but they have a Lazarus bit. And we also saw Tommy Elliot die once. But, you know, we can only do what we can do. We got to move on. Yeah, exactly. We're done. The end. Yep. Then Batman goes back and kind of explains how we figured this out. Good for you, Batman. After the fact. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's really not all that impressive when the guy's already revealed who he is. And you're just like, oh, backtrack, backtrack. I knew it. I knew it all along. But then he figures out that it's not fully Tommy Elliot who was in charge, that he couldn't have done this alone. He needed contacts, someone they'd all trust. Who could it be? Bum, bum, bum. Who has not been in this episode yet that has been in every other Batman movie? Who do we yeah. need to bring in at the very end? The Riddler. The Riddler. Yeah, so apparently the Riddler was behind the whole thing. He actually went to Tommy Elliot and said, I can save your mother from the cancer that she got because she ended up dying much later. Mm -hmm. And he's like, fuck that. I did not want her to live to start with. <laughs> I have been waiting for her to die for 20 years. And then the Riddler's like, well, funny you should say that. I'm also fight needing to find somebody legitimate to be fiendish with. <laughs> right. Helpful. So they hang out together. 
And Tommy Elliot turns into a full-fledged villain. The Riddler knows about the Lazarus Pit. I don't know how he got into that thing because it seems like the League of Assassins is kind of a an elite club. And the Riddler doesn't yeah. seem to fall into that level. No, not so much. So Batman may not have been the greatest detective here. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> but the whole story arc was a little bit of a mystery. And we had a little surprise there at the end because nobody was expecting Riddler. Mm-hmm. Okay, mystery solved. Batman, go back to your new life with Catwoman. Sort of. He goes to Catwoman. They're hanging out on top of a roof, I'm sure. They talk about how they're having a tough time trusting each other because you know, they are people that don't trust naturally. And she's like, you can trust me. Let's kiss. They kiss. And then something makes him, her say hush to quiet him down. She's like, why would you say that? <laughs> and he goes fucking nuts again. Yeah, exactly. It's Martha all over again. So then she goes off like, all right, dude, you're two Looney Tunes for me. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Peace out. And there goes that. The end. But you see why, though, I picked Hush. This is a good entry point for anybody that wants to start reading comics. Yeah, if you want to know, like, the entire lexicon of the Batman universe, they are all in that one comic. Every single one of them's there. You can hear the origin story over and over and over again because they tell you. I'm surprised the Penguin didn't show show up somewhere. Right. The Penguin didn't show up. Mm -mm. I guess maybe they had enough of Danny DeVito and his creepy underpants. All right. So I wanted to bring up, uh, since we finished talking about Hush, I wanted to bring up the result of our Twitter polls that I did last week. The first one was on which of the four of the Tim Burton inspired, let's say, uh, Batman's was your favorite. And then I did a second one on who's your Alfred. So the first one, obviously, the winner is Batman 1989 by a pretty tremendous margin. And it really just went down in order from there. Now, on the Who's Your Alfred one, I thought this was really interesting because I picked um, Alan Napier, who was the Alfred in the 60s series, Michael Goff, obviously from the Tim Burton series, uh, Michael Caine from the Dark Knight series, and then Jeremy Irons from Batman v Superman. And the winner of all of that was actually Michael Caine. Everybody liked him the best as Alfred, though Michael Goff came in second place. And like I said, he's my Alfred just because that's what my brain goes to because that's what I really knew first. But Michael Caine really did good. When When I went back and was watching The Dark Knight last week... I was like, oh, yeah, he's got some amazing one-liners and shit in that. Yeah, I do love me some Michael Caine. Mm -hmm. Good for you, everybody. You picked the right one in both instances. (laughs) Congratulations. Yay. Yay, you're right. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's also remind everybody that we're going to be at Comic Palooza. And I'm sure that you have read up on your Thrawn alliances because Timothy Zahn's going to be there. And we're doing a book club. We are. So make sure you get on that. I highly recommend listening to the audiobook version because there's a lot of funky names in there. Oh, I know. And it's so much fun because they have the little sounds. The only thing that worries me is if I'm driving and then that something's a warning, like alarm. And it's like, bah, bah. I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> get the klaxon alarm showing up. If your car <laughs> makes that kind of noise, you should have it looked at. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited. So Comic Palooza is May 10th through the 12th here in Houston at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Super excited that you are coming into town for it so we can actually mm-hmm. see each other face to face for the first time in a year. Um, uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. And, you know, Timothy Zahn is not the biggest name that's going to be there. He's probably the mm-hmm. biggest literary name. Yeah, definitely. But we also have Grant Gustin is going to be mm-hmm. there. CW's The Flash. Yes, he's so cute. 
And John Barrowman. He's so cute, too. He's adorable. I love him. So I guess that's it for this week. Well, except for, of course, our internet comment. Another oh, t- yes. Yes. So I did another tweet because I'm, tweets are usually short enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So this is from at Little Tunny. I could have whooped Ted Bundy's ass. I muttered to myself from under three layers of blankets as I shove my fifth consecutive mega-stuffed Oreo in my mouth and readjust my binny hat that has teddy bear ears on it. I take a sip of my sleepy time tea, but it's too hot, so I gently blow on it. (laughs) That seems like more than 280 characters. I have no idea how they got this many characters on here. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, This is lame book, so that means that was Facebook. Mm. So there you go. It's not from Twitter. It's from Facebook. Yeah. And now you figured out where I got it from. <laughs> it's still out of context, though. <laughs> yeah. Completely no out of idea. context. Sweet. All right. Okay. See you guys next week. Bye. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Somebody cut the bat rope.